Hello and welcome back to Mad Get Radio, episode number 24. Tonight in the show, we are talking about all things ESC and ETC. That is right, it is the pre-tournament show for the biggest gaming event of the year. And we are joined by two very special guests. We're joined by a man who knows how to kill you in a hundred ways, but will charm the pants off you. It's Matt Paris. Hey guys, how you doing? And we're also joined by... A man who thinks he's a fluff player and a bit of just a classy painter, but he's actually a very tasty player. It's Kev Stonebanks. Oi, oi, hello. And of course, I'm joined by, as always, the Murtaugh to my rigs. It's Paul. What's going on, guys? Another good duo. Always like... Leave the weapon. Got that one? Yeah. That's very good, yeah. I know who that is. Last week, I didn't know who the fuck it was. Oh, it was the Dragons last week. I don't think I need to explain to everyone who Lethal Weapon is. If you don't know what Lethal Weapon is, holy shit. Yeah, sort yourself out. That's embarrassing. Anyway, so uh, we're joined by Kevin and Matt. So before we go any further, we should probably get these guys to introduce themselves. So uh, we'll start with you, Matt. Who are you? <laughs> well, I'm um, Matt Paris. And crikey, where do I start? What does he want to know? Do you want to know all about my wargaming background so that's where we go no we wanted like what's um, your perfect saturday morning and what your star sign is basically oh, everything nice. <laughs> uh yeah so well i'm a leo uh, and i live in manchester <laughs> <Good> <laughs> and uh yeah and i've been playing well i've been playing since when did when did i start playing it must have been about sixth edition i guess and I started off down in Milton Keynes with Mark Borland, who used to have this, uh, well, I mean, he played just an insane number of tournaments and was basically looking for someone to, to accompany him on these long road trips that he'd go on. So <laughs> I volunteered for it and um, and he got me completely hooked on the whole thing. So all the way through sixth, seventh and then up to the great schism, when obviously when ninth age kicked off again, uh, I was went looking for people to... Uh, sate my thirst for a bit of wargaming and uh, met Kev down at um, down at Stockport at uh, Element Games so he very kindly showed me how to play Ninth Age and I met what I truly believe to be the only person in the country who can take me on in a painting contest oh. <laughs> <laughs> going back to, sort of, to, to Milton Keynes to be honest with you I'm, I'm not a great player but back when I, when I first started started getting back into it, I played as a teenager, as I think most people do, but uh, and then sort of left it for a while. But uh, there was a guy down at the club, and uh, once I played Mark a few times, they sort of said, right, go on, you have a game against game. this guy. And he just absolutely rinsed me with his um, with his lizard swords, as they'll now be. And um, as he sort of destroyed me for the third time, he sort of pityingly glanced at me <laughs> and basically said, you're just rubbish at this argument. Yeah. Uh, why don't you become a, well, you know, you're never going to win any games. Why don't you try painting? Uh, and so I did. And um, <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, and, uh, and started taking that pretty seriously. And um, over the years, picked up a few awards, which was nice, until I started going to songs with Kev, when it became a bit of a head-to-head, didn't it, mate? Yeah, I think you've uh, stolen a few off me. Quite a few, actually. Yeah. <laughs> He's a display board, one anchor of his big orcs and goblins thing. Can't compete with that. Yeah, the, the Orcs and Goblins are famous on the scene. It was the, the display board. It was, uh, I shamelessly got the display board out. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, got, I got a lot of stick for that. <laughs> and, and rightly so. But, um, but, but, but nowadays, uh, I'm back playing Empire and um, really enjoying being part of the scene. I think it's fantastic where Ninth's going. And um, yeah, I'm really enjoying being, being part of it. And of course, um, whilst I was up at Scotland, uh, was uh, at the, the Scottish Championships, was uh, kindly invited, uh, and we, uh, completely soberly, of course. Of course. Uh, to be 
part of the, the Scotland team as a coach. And, uh, well, frankly, I took you off at the <laughs> I mean, it, it, basically, because it's Team Scotland and we never organise anything, we didn't have coaches. So Matt and Kev were there, and we found out they were going to the singles event. And we were like, hey, guys, you want to you come coach us as well, drink some beer? They were like, yeah, let's do it. The rest is history. So, um, if it's sort of chatting about ninth age and drinking beer, it's all... Is what you need. When, when? Well, I like to think I'm, I like to think I'm well qualified. <laughs> <In> both fronts. <laughs> so, Kev, what about yourself? What do we need to know about Kevin Stonebags? I started back in, well, 92, 93 with a game called Hero Quest. Nice. This is an amazing game when we get players of Barbarian and a door for an elf, and that just got me like right sucked into the world of fantasy, I suppose. And then uh, there's a spin off game called Advanced Hero Quest which is a bit more D&D sort of stuff. But part of that was basically buying Skaven models as the bad guys. And I ended up essentially with an army of Skaven. So uh, Sweet. once I had that many models, I was like, I'll try Warhammer then. And uh, met some guys at school who also played it. And uh, that's what got me hooked. And that would have been fourth edition. So yeah, a while ago, that one. <laughs> and then uh, fifth edition came out and I got Bretonians. And I had like Skaven and my Bretonians. And then I went to uni and I stopped playing because I tried to get girls, but it didn't help me. <laughs> I should have just kept on playing. Especially as I went to uni in Nottingham and I was right by, you know, Oh, that's the missed Mecca opportunity, again. yeah. It was completely. I was an idiot. But anyway, I got back into Warhammer about uh, six years ago, seven years ago, and uh, decided to start my Bretts rather than Skaters. Uh, you know, I like Knights. I've always liked the medieval aspect of uh, the Bretonians. That's why I uh, got back into them and uh, realised I actually quite like painting. Obviously, when I was painting back when I was 15. I was dog shit. And just, it was a, I can't even look at it now. It makes me upset. <laughs> I have to touch that up. I'm not going to. So, yeah, now I just uh, really enjoyed painting the nights and all that. So that really spurred me on with that side of the hobby, which was sort of a new bit. Um, but then, you know, signed up for some tournaments and whatnot up in the northwest in Stockport. Yeah, and got into the ape scene quite heavily. Just played my Bretts then, though, really. And then, obviously, the great schism happened. And we were all very sad. But I pretty much embraced Ninth Age right off the bat. So I was nice. playing in, like, version 0.5 and stuff. And they were crazy times because armies were <laughs> changing constantly. It was it was madness. And it really annoyed a lot of people, which is why it sort of plummeted in popularity quite quickly, I think, because there was just no stability. Yeah. And it's hard to know what I need to paint for the next tournament because I have no idea what's going to be available next tournament. Yeah. So, luckily, I got quite a vast you know, amount of Plutonia, so I was all right. Um, and then so I started a warrior army, um, really pushed myself with a painting on that bit, and, uh, yeah, scooped a few uh, prizes with my... And, uh, yeah, that's where I am. And then off to the ESC, because I've been to a few tournaments in Britain now. I thought I'd uh, take them abroad and see how they fare out in the continent. <laughs> Smash some European face in Brexit fashion, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're not going to talk about Brexit again. No, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have brought it up. I apologise. On the show tonight, we want to talk about uh, ESC and we want to talk about ETC. So we've got the perfect guest for the job because obviously both Kev and Matt are playing at the ESC. Um, so we're going to discuss all the things that are attributed to that. Um, and then we're going to talk about ETC as well, particularly uh, in, with Team Scotland in mind. Uh, but before we do that, how are you doing, Paul? Oh, good, man. I'm furiously painting away, trying to get I can, shit I can done. hear the occasional, you know, the clinking of the, the brush on the water pot. The, the, the occasional rinse. <laughs> oh, I thought that was ice in your drink. 
That's, no, I do. That's disappointing. No. We can't well, afford ice. Do you know what budget this show's on? <laughs> I can afford plastic crack. But I can't afford booze. <laughs> uh, yeah, just working away, getting uh, all those wee bits and bobs finished off. Just doing some unit fillers for my dogs. So everything going to be ready for the big event? Everything will definitely be ready. Looking forward to it. It's going to be, for the most part, like a, a new, newly painted army. Nice. Don't really care if I get 20s every game. I mean, Ed will probably care, but I won't, because it's going to look really pretty on the table. <laughs> right, so let's just dive right into it, because we've got a lot of ground to cover tonight. Um, so the first thing we're going to talk about is the ESC. So for anyone that doesn't know, uh, the ESC is the European Singles Competition. Like all the events that are attributed to ETC, um, there are singles events for all the big main rule sets that go to ETC. So uh, there is a 40k one, um, there's a 9th age one, there is a Flames of War one, I believe. Um, so the the singles events normally happen before the team events themselves. And what usually happens is um, you normally get a few members of the, the teams going and playing either their list or a, a singles variant of their list at the ESC. I have never played at the ESC before and neither has Paul. Uh, but luckily for us, uh, Kev and Matt are both going to be taking a dip into the ring this summer. So I guess the first question is... Um, why why play ESC? Was there anything in particular that you guys were like, that's the tournament for me? Or was it just a chance to kind of be involved in the kind of the experience that is ETC and all that kind of stuff? I think for me, it was a bit of both, really. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the ETC has a reputation. You know, you hear about it, you see the shirts on the circuit, and that's always made me deeply jealous. So I thought, <laughs> well, I, want to, I want to get myself one of those shirts. But let's face it, I'm not going to get them play for a team so i might as well try and the next best thing with well, i don't know scotland are uh, pretty <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh up round uh round, round last round where kev and i are in manchester there's a few like really top players there's sort of mikey newman and, and dr dan and uh and dr dan had gone out and played in the singles and uh, he was traditionally giving me my weekly rinse thing and he sort of said why don't you go and play and i was like well no actually i might do you never know it's a uh, so it's a week away, and uh, I know that it's it's in Serbia, and um, the beer's cheap and plentiful. And I thought, well, might I give it a go? Um, see what it's like. Were you the same, Kev, or was there anything in particular that you were looking at? Uh, ESC. Matt mentioned it first, and uh, I was up for that. I've always wanted to go to Europe and play a game there. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely a big, you know, big push to do it. And yeah, I know Dan had done it last year. I said it was all right. So that's what sort of spurred me on. Uh, I've always, you know, I've always followed ETC quite closely on Twitter and see what's going on with yeah. all the different teams. And always, it just looks amazing. It sounds fantastic. So I'm really happy I get to be there and see it all. I promise I won't get too distracted. I will try and actually do some coaching and not just uh, tweet the whole day. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think we're just going to be wandering around, just going, "Have you seen that army over there, Kevin? Amazing." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really don't blame you. That's one thing I wish I'd done a bit more of last year. Just because playing, you're obviously full-time job for the, to the time you're there. It's a job that you very much enjoy, but you're so engrossed in it that you don't normally get a chance to actually just cut about and have a, a wee look at the armies because there were some fantastic armies on display last year. So I cannot blame you for having to be switch about the scene. So going into ESC, were you guys um, thinking about just like how you're going to approach the event and uh, what kind of list you were want to do. Did, did you have any specific thoughts or were you just kind of thinking, I'll just take what I've been playing? Oh, well, for me, it's, yeah, basically that this is what I've got painted and I don't want to have to pick loads of stuff. I need to paint in a big rush 
to get it done in time. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, just pretty taking what I have painted and I ideally to try and win best painter, but who knows? It's probably a tall ask. So yeah, it's pretty much what I've got, what I've been using. At least I know what it does and what it cannot do. It pushes very good. <laughs> <laughs> Tends not to die too quickly, but I'm a bit of an idiot and I rush and then I get drunk and I get angry and push them more. <laughs> like true warrior. Yeah, free much. That's my play style. So really, you're a method actor when it comes to ninth age. I do. I don't know if you read my battle reports, but I think in them it comes across that when I'm losing, I get angrier and make more mistakes and lose worse and get constant. <laughs> Spiral of ah. just anger and losing, and it, yeah, it all goes terribly wrong so quickly. But you're in a yeah, completely I mean, different country, Kevin yeah. and I play each other quite a lot, and uh, you leave him at eleven, his charge he's taking it. End of story. <laughs> <laughs> eleven on the eleven on the dice is coming in every time. You're lucky you got me and Matt because like we're yin and yang. Matt's quite defensive, and I'm very aggressive. So you're some <laughs> listen, but somewhere in the middle between us, you'll get the right answer. Okay. So, uh, what about you, Matt? Yeah, so um, I, I, I made a, a, a kind of pledge to myself from having sort of been a bit of an army whore for <laughs> years and just hopped about, you know, willy-nilly. I, I said, right, that's it, I'm going to actually just play, you know, uh, Empire for a year. Uh, and just happened to coincide, I started in July last year, so this, obviously when we get to the singles, that'll be a full year. And uh, and in that time, I started off with a net list that basically got to Dan and had taken to um, ETC a couple of years ago. Oh, sorry, the, yeah, no. A couple of years ago, uh, and done very well with, <clears throat> and then um, and then thought, well, <laughs> I just can't make that work. So I kind of went through various different um, ramifications about how I was going to sort of change it up, and ended up with big blocks of IG, uh, and then thought, well, two big blocks is good, maybe three will be even better. Boost it with a bit of div and a bit of Cosmo on the side, um, <clears throat> and then to be honest, I just got bored, <laughs> and so yeah. I thought, right, I'm going to try something a bit different. And um, so I've come up with my patented triple pod theory. Uh, everyone knows the Empire needs to play in a bubble, so I'm going to play outside <laughs> of the bubble um, <laughs> with <laughs> with predictable results. <laughs> uh, um, so essentially, uh, yeah, I just thought I'm going to try something really different. Uh, I'm, I'm going to Serbia with with no real expectations of, uh, of, of you know you know performing at a particularly high level, but to have fun to give people a few shocks and do something a bit different. So uh, I know that Kev's got the best painted army there. I'm pretty mm. sure that if it's going to be a pretty awesome army to beat yours, mate. So um, so I know I'm not going to be competing for that. My empire is not, nothing great. So um, yeah, I just wanted to try something a bit different, give people a few shocks, have a bit of a laugh. Uh, before we get on to the sort of the main event of the, you know, the team event later on in the week. Nice. So, I mean, you've got to explain it now. What is the triple pod theory? Okay. So, <laughs> right. So the triple pod theory basically... Gather around, children. <laughs> Gather around, Charlie. Glad to <laughs> you very, very smart children are here. Glad to see you listen to this. Um, <laughs> essentially, the idea <laughs> is that I get a load of flaggies with an altar and a shield wagon and they run straight up the middle. Now, Subtle. Shouting and, and making scary noises. And whilst they're dealing with that, I try to shove a bunch of demis around the side. <laughs> uh, they're over there with the cowboy, with the knight commander cowboy, with um, uh, Hero's Heart and Bass Out and Fusion and, um, uh, and Dusk Forged. And he's, a, he, he's a baller. 
And then on the right-hand side is, is um, kind of like a mini-empire army all on itself. So it's a big block of halberds, which is traditional, uh, and a support unit of, um, of handguns. Uh, but as we all, all know, halberds and handguns run away uh, at, the, at the fight of the enemy. With, so they need a painful regularity. <laughs> yeah, what they really need is someone who can give them some orders, someone who needed a marshal. But it would have been boring to stick a marshal just in there, you know, just giving orders and stuff. So I stuck him on a great griffin uh, and thought... Perhaps you know, you know the helmets will be a bit of an anvil, uh, and he can come in on the side. So I basically got sort of three different um, little pods, and they all operate separately at great range from each other. One is basically unbreakable. One has got the orders on it, uh, and one is uh, a discipline nine. And um, uh, the later iterations of it, have, have, uh, <laughs> the lads have convinced me to drop the Inquisitor uh, and to put a BSB in uh, in a bunch of electoral cavalry. So he's running around as well. Uh, helping out where he can. So it's a bit of a, well, it's a very significant uh, deviation from my gun line I've been running most of the year. Uh, but, you know, I just got bored of it. Uh, and as as Kev knows <laughs> me too well, I can roll ones for cannons like I'm <laughs> shelling peas. <laughs> I think that's an I, empire I thing. Take, I, can take, I can take a thousand points of my own army off the board. It's round one. Easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that's the theory. I, I think it's a bit different. Um, we'll take it. We'll, we'll we'll have a laugh. We'll we'll, we'll see what's happening. And um, you know, and I'm really going for the experience of just you know being in a place where where it's just you know the best players in the in the world and being a ninth age fanboy isn't a shit, isn't a crime. <laughs> Absolutely. Maybe we might learn something as well, Matt. Who knows? <laughs> well, you never know, mate. You never know. <laughs> so that kind of leads on to my my next question was just that. Um, obviously, you, you guys are taking quite aggressive lists, um, but you're not you're not kind of going out there to set the world alight or anything. Have you got any any particular goals in mind, or anything that you really want to get out of the tournament, or is it just a case of going and meeting potentially you know six new players and or five new players and uh, getting that experience of playing people from different parts of the world? Well, presuming when I play Kev on the bottom table in. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I be here, I'll, I'll be happy. <laughs> My only expectation is to not come bottom. I'll be very happy with that. Yeah, but good. I'm also intrigued to see the different metas out in Europe and whatnot, and see whether you know my list does all right in the UK. I mean, it might be absolutely awful in Europe, but it could be quite good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to playing new people and uh, seeing what they're like and. If well, I imagine they are better players than me because they're at the ETC most likely. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what how it goes. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point because you know you hear people talk about different matters. Uh, you know, sort of MSU's massive and shooting's massive out yeah. on the continent and stuff. So it'll be really interesting to see if it does play differently to the UK scene and um, you know and how that's kind of manifest. I mean, I, I, I mean everyone knows that you know Dr. Dan's a uh, I mean, a really awesome player, and, and just a, just basically a, a brain on legs and possibly a robot. But it's um, <laughs> you know, he said that that, the, that he played a couple of people who were frighteningly intelligent. Now, when Dan says someone's frighteningly intelligent, uh, I kind of want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Skynet is ready to take on the world. Then it's dangerous world to live in. <laughs> cool, um, Paul. Do you have anything you want to ask? Um, I was just thinking. I mean, obviously, you guys haven't actually played at ESC before, but do you know what kind of scene 
it is in terms of like what the gaming environment is like. Is it is it quite competitive on the whole, or do you typically find quite a lot of people that play fairly casual that are just there to kind of enjoy the weekend? Like, how competitive is it? Oh, I, I've never played that. I'm not entirely sure. I only know what Dan said, which is uh, basically they take it uber seriously on day one. And if you haven't won all three games by the end of day one, they just don't turn off for day two. So I'm hoping that those people won't still beat me if they only play three <laughs> games and still get more points than me. But I imagine that might happen. So yeah, I'm expecting some fierce competition, especially in the, um But also here, that it's pretty much just getting wasted, which is what inspired <laughs> me to come. <laughs> yeah, so, no, I've, I've, heard, I've heard a lot of people... Are, there's obviously... There's obviously uh, a bunch of people there are going to be amazing, but it's quite a lot of people there with testing lists and sort of, you know, seeing how things go. And I believe that there's a bit of wastage into day two, um, which would be nice because uh, we'll jump up tables stuff. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, there's this guy from Spain, isn't he? He's supposed to be the world's best player who only goes and plays in singles. So I'd be kind of cool to, to see him play. One thing I would say, and hopefully this is encouraging for you, is that um, I think... Like ETC kind of gets held up as this kind of like almost other othering experience that's kind of not the same as other tournaments, but it's exactly the same. It's just on a bigger scale, and you you've got players at ESC and at ETC who are there to push units across the table and drink beer, you know, the same way that you'll get guys at Stockport. So I think there will be there'll be a good mix of guys playing the singles. I would hope anyway, and that's what seemed to be the case last year. So I mean, there will be guys there that are there to win. Uh, obviously, but uh, I think there will also be guys there just for the experience. So some kindred spirits, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if um, yeah, I mean, I, obviously we we know Kevin and I play play for fun, but we know we we are competitive, and you know we we turn out the odd good result, don't we, as well, mate? It does um, happen. So, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd I'd, I'd like to I'd, I'd like to give a few people of um, some shocks, and um, you know, maybe smash the odd face, and and yeah, I, I mean. At mid-table, dare I dream? Mid-table would be, would be really great. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be totes, totes stoked with that. And uh, and if Kev takes out Best Painted, then that would be uh, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. I'm always intrigued that there isn't a bigger singles like tournament in the world. If you know what I mean. Well, you've got the ETC, which is massive teams. You've got the WTC as well, which is absolutely yeah. huge, like 300 plus people. But there's no big singles event. You know, there's not 200 plus players, is there? Nothing like that. Yeah, like what's the? There's a big one in Poland, isn't there? That's singles, but I don't know how many players that actually attracts. I think they had 300 one year. Okay, that's a, that's a national tournament. But yeah, I don't think there is a, a kind of comparative international one that is on the same scale. This is where Kev realizes he's made a horrible mistake, and he'd rather go at the Poland one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear they're very, very good. <laughs> is that is that the one where they all sleep in the gym? I think it might be, yeah. Like five euros to sleep on the. I can't get anything worse. Can you imagine? Sort of several hundred nightmares players oh, in man. a gymnasium sleeping. That'd be like, um, that'd be like purgatory. <laughs> Especially oh, after the beers and stuff. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. People know all about my Presbyterian guilt and things like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the church and I don't see AI anymore. Um, <laughs> moving on. Do you have anything else you want to raise about ESC before we go on to ETC? How many players are going to be in it? Because when we signed ah. up, there was only about 50, wasn't there? But yeah. it's, um, it looks like it's growing arms and legs now. 
Uh, I'm trying to think about it last year. Um, there must have been at least 60 players last year. I'm trying to think how many. There was like maybe five rows. I mean, I guess that the, the, so there's it's obviously during the the, the the practice days, isn't it, for the teams and stuff. So there's obviously going to be a lot of a lot of people involved in that. Yeah. Um, I just I just love the idea. Of just being, you know, there must be hundreds of tables and ninth age going on. It's going to be yeah. There will be yeah. And the hall will be very busy as well because there'll be um, a lot of teams, like you said, there that will go down and have a practice round before ETC as well. Um, so you'll probably find that there's a lot of people kind of hovering around the tables and watching stuff. So you might want to learn how to tell people to fuck off in Serbian. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to tell people to stop or I'll kill them. <laughs> <laughs> That'll probably work. Yasam Plushnik Peris Stanili puts Sam. Are you allowed back in Serbia? That's probably something we should have checked before. I'm not going to talk about that one again. <laughs> We're very keen to go to that gun range, Matt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, while you boys are playing in the ESC, um, the ETC warm-ups will be going on. Uh, and we have, as Team Scotland, we've got two warm-up games against uh, Team Turkey and Team Germany. So we'll be playing them while you guys are juking out on the singles tables, which will be cool. Very sick to play Turkey again, and it'll be cool to play Germany, because I've not played them before. Um, so, Paul, you're probably the best person to start with this. How are you feeling going in ETC? It's finally here. Yeah, it's weird. Like, it's, I guess, like, it's been the best part of a year, talking about it, thinking whether or not I was going to apply. It is kind of strange, and I guess, as a new player going to ETC... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little nervous, just because I don't really know what to expect. Like yeah. saying, obviously, like it's just like any other tournament, but it's just on a bigger scale and it's obviously more international. It's obviously true, but I think because there's so much hype around the event, and when you're used to not going, you you know most people are checking the forums, checking the scores, seeing how the different teams are doing. There's always a lot of chat around how the lists are going to affect the meta or how the results are going to lead to changes to army book design and stuff. So it is a very big deal, I think, to go for a new player. So I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, my goals for going are really just to go and have a good time and kind of like what Matt and Kev were saying, is just to enjoy all six games and just just take it as seriously as I need to without getting carried away. Like, if things go well, then that's great. That'll be a bonus, but if things go badly, that's fine. I'll just blame Ed and just say, I yep. yep. throw him under the bus. Parents fucked me. <laughs> um, see, I've already got my excuses. That's good, yeah. Up. So good. Um, but no, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Like, a whole week of, like, being in the hobby is going to be really good. Yeah. And cheap beer. This is a key component that we must not forget. <laughs> so, How about you as a returning player? Oh, in terms of goals and stuff? Um, yeah. I mean, I just kind of want to go and, like, last year was was great because we felt that last year we were starting to like lay the foundations for this year essentially like Team Scotland and the guys were all great last year uh, had a, a, an amazing time um, but this year is, is slightly different because it's like our guys that are going and I think this is probably the first time that you can legitimately say that there's a real Team Scotland at the event which is very cool. In terms of personal kind of expectations of that I would have said before I would have liked to have beaten my score from last year, so 
I went into last year thinking that I was going to try and get like average score, which was being sixty, and I got fifty nine. Which I'm kicking the Ooh. fucking tadger of that one. Yeah. Um, yeah that's that. So uh, this year I'd like to do that, but then uh, I've just started reading the list, and there's uh, a lot of things I like to eat ghouls, so I don't know if that's going to be so good. <laughs> So yeah, I'll just settle for drinking beer, I think, and we'll take it from there. It's fair. So do you guys have any like preconceived notions about going in? Because I think this is quite interesting. This is just personally for my own interest. Do you have anything that you're kind of you're expecting of the event? Uh, so it's it's going to be utter filth. I imagine it's just filth everywhere. Okay. The, the most bent list you've ever seen. <laughs> and looking at some of the lists that have been released, it's like, oh my god, I wouldn't want to fight that. That sounds <laughs> horrible. So, uh, I don't envy you guys playing, to be honest, because someone's got to get thrown under oh. the bus, haven't they? Nah, I don't know. Captain there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be me. And obviously everyone's really, you know, good player, and, and you just look down the lists, and you just you just look, and they're just so bent, aren't they? <laughs> <Everything>. <laughs> Utter, utter filth everywhere so um yeah i mean i, I think it's it, it but, but we were saying this just before we started recording you know that, that an awful lot of the lists are, are really quite negative as well yeah um and that's kind of what i'm i'm gambling on actually i mean i you know just gonna run straight at you list um i think that's gonna upset a few people um and you know, whereas a lot of the Empire lists, for example, are basically sort of double blocks, loads of light shooting, stank and cannon. You know, I think that's got a bit of a soft underbelly, and I always have. And, and I think, you know, if you can get up and if, if the ESC has got, got those sorts of lists in it, I think there could be uh, there could be a few a few upset. Uh, I th- you know, I don't think they're, they're kind of ready for the triple pod. Well, that's a good point, and that's something that we should maybe spend a bit of time in talking about is the um, the list themselves. So, were you guys? Like, obviously, you were you're saying you were quite surprised by how conservative some of the lists were. But do you guys get any other feelings from looking at the list now? Obviously, we they were just released, so we haven't gone through them in full. And like every other episode of Mad Get Radio, our thoughts are our own and usually incorrect. <laughs> but however, um, yeah, have you guys had any like initial feelings from going through the lists? Well, I've gone through the warrior lists. Okay, so oh, let's, let's start with them then. Has <laughs> um, every single UD army got a no mark? Uh, <laughs> Just about. Because it's the no, no, no mark. What's he called? Like the guy who gives everyone a 5 up regen. He seems to be in every single list. Yeah, Two mark. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. yeah. Some lists have even got two of him as well. Oh, this is, oh, ridiculous. But yeah, they seem to fairly cookie-cutter, I suppose. Some lists, you know, may not have two Reapers, some might not have uh, chariots, but yeah, they're all cut from the same cloth. Yeah. And it doesn't look like it's fun to play against. I have, still haven't managed to beat a UD list yet. I'm sure one day I might. Yeah, the um, you you were talking about burning Portentum as well, weren't you? And there's just endless them. Because, yeah. because there's so many UDs, there's so many Chosen Lords with Portentum. Yeah. You know? So... Yeah, you're kind of um, you're kind of getting sort of um, tails wagging dogs now, and, and that's really quite interesting. At sort of the meta that everyone has gone. One of the things that I was really interested in, you know, from an, from an empire point of view, was that given that there are quite a lot of uh, demon lists, I didn't see any empire lists that turned up with just bundles of uh, of rangers, which I thought would be would be a, an option yeah. for some teams, because of course with the with the two shots and the lethal strike versus beasts, I mean you could sit back twenty. 
which is the way with light troops and just rain down a mess on uh, on some some demon armies, but but no one seemed to have gone for it. Any is there a lot thoughts? of demon armies there? Uh, there are quite a few. I think demons are one of the more popular. I think there's uh, uh, I want to say twenty three, but that might be. I'll go with twenty. Twenty six UD lists, wasn't there? They were yeah. the top guys. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a few like just for. Um, information if, in case anyone's not seen you can get all the lists now on the forum they are out there so you can go have a look um, the big winner was or the big winners were UD were the top ogres were near the top as were warriors, demons and vampires I think they were the, the kind of environment swarm um, and then the other other end of the spectrum uh, KOE were surprisingly the least represented which is interesting because you would think that this killer duke that's been making the rounds around the globe uh, would be the ideal UD matchup, but a lot of people haven't gone for that. And the elves were all pretty poorly represented as well. Do you think that's a UK meta thing, you know, with the uh, Duke, with the, the Crutch Duke, you know, with his uh, lots of killiness? Um, or is that something that's that's a bit wider spread? Because I was surprised to... Because I, I, I'd see that as a kind of a natural counter to, to the UD list. You know? Yeah. You've got a mega multi-wound killing machine that can fly. I mean, surely that's going to be fairly effective in the same concept that you know your chosen lord with, with portent would be yeah like i i think there was a few at wtc and i, I do think that he's made appearances uh, in, in european competitions i don't know i'm sure there's someone much wiser than me that's listened to this that knows exactly the reason why he's not getting picked but especially since across the list there seems to be a lot of armor like a lot of people have bought into armor this year yeah um and yet, KOE were the least popular, which is quite interesting. So I'm, I really don't know. Maybe it's because uh, I'm sure there's there's a faction of KOE players that believe it's because the army's too limited. Maybe that Killer Duke was the only build that's really cutting it, but I, I really don't know. That would be pure speculation. Could be. I mean, if you're looking at hard counters to UD, and, and the two main contenders are KOE and Warriors. Warriors are definitely more flexible than KOE are. Yeah, that's very true. I think cavalry's in a bad place at the moment. I think that's certainly what hinders KOE. Yeah. They might be alright against UD, but I think there's too many other armies already. It's utterly useless. Undead, they... Well, vampires yeah. in particular, I think they really struggle against. Vermin Swarm, just, no, you're done. You can't do anything. Orcs and Goblins as well can be real nasty. So, yeah, I think just really struggles if you don't break if you can't break things on the charge you've lost yeah it's a good point maybe they are just too limited against the other other armies whereas warriors you're getting that flexibility yeah i mean if you, if you get a if you get the vermin swarm with a couple of catapults and a couple of wheels and just veils and and plague i mean you, you you're off the table in in turn three aren't you i mean it's just so good against anti-armor um yeah maybe it's maybe KOE is just too high risk so, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but reading through them, the, the kind of other trends that I got were uh, there seems to be a lot of shooting, which is interesting because if you go in the forum, uh, the forum tells you that shooting's bad. There is a lot of magic, and yeah. there is a lot of double master or master and adept, and there is a lot of MSU. I reckon that's, that's kind of a function of the, not necessarily, am I going to try and win big, it's can I avoid losing big? Um, the if you if you if you essentially looking at most of the games, and I believe this is the case, that are quite a lot of ETC 
comes alive, it's to be fairly conservative. Then sitting off at you know 24 to 30 inch range and, and having a lot of strength force shooting uh, and, and and bundles of, of you know div and cosmo uh, pokey spells is a pretty good option to to get you a small win. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what a lot of people are thinking. Did work for me last year. Maybe I'm just shit. <laughs> <laughs> You need two mortars, mate, and two oh, big swords on your wizard. <laughs> yeah, about, think... 40, about forty handgunners. Well, the the um, for the empire at least, there's a lot of the strength force shooting, like you said. But I think one thing that's definitely uh, a lot of the guys have done in the empire list, which I think is very strong, is taking the the master on divination and an adept on either Cosmo or Pyro, because then that's just that's a lot of damage coming at you, and things like monsters. Are running out of stank and a cannon as well as a master and dev. Uh, your strength force shooting. There's just so much of it that it will take a toll on basically anything. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's the pretty... only interesting thing at that point is um, where do you put the wizard hat? Because you've got to, you're going to need a, you're going to need the extra three inches, obviously. Um, yeah, uh, I've had that said to me a few times in my life. Um, but I've seen some inter- There's some interesting builds where sticking on artificers and stuff like that. So. Mm. Um, uh, one thing that I've also noted, and I don't know if this is just incorrect memory, but there seems to be a lot more of the cookie cutter going on this year. And one thing I wanted to ask you guys about is, do you think that's just a result of the rules being in a kind of more stable state than they were last year? Because there seems to be a lot of reoccurring builds across the armies. So for Empire, we're getting a lot of the um, quick conservative two-block lots of shooting lists. Um, for vampires, there is a fucking buttload of uh, independents or lamias uh, with the the Barrow King cowboys. I know that the other guys who have read through the the other armies have seen that there's a lot of reoccurring builds. Like um, John was saying about ogres, there's a lot of the same kind of ogre lists popping up. Just like, well, what do you guys think is the reason behind that? Because it wasn't. I might be completely wrong, but I can't remember it being that noticeable last year. Do you think that's in part just? because of the difference in philosophy and in terms of how the different teams are going about building the the synergy between lists and how they're trying to have that kind of traditional counter for just the different kind of options. Because like, I think like the team philosophy, I, I get the impression for Team Scotland is quite different this year. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but given too much away. Note to self, make team philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> but like, do you think, because a lot of these lists are just so effective against common lists, it's just natural that the, the, the natural consequence of that is everyone basically runs the same thing, almost, or just at least slight variations of the same concept of list? I think it's got, got to be part uh, of it, right? Uh, a lot of those would forum, I think. You know, a lot of people chatting on there and whatnot, and they're learning what lists are doing well. So, yeah, I think a lot of people do sort of copy that and maybe put their own little twist on it. But I think there's obviously certain builds characters, and that's the best build, and there's no other point taking anything else, like the Killy KOE Lord or mm. the Chosen Lord on the war dice with the big burning portent. Yeah. So people just don't need to mix up any other sort of choice with magic items and stuff. Still very limited, as it always was, I think. Even back in the old days. Yeah. Um, but it makes me sad that there's such a wide range range of units that you just don't see half of them though everyone's sort of still taking the same units it just makes me sad is that just a symptom of 
the type of tournament that the ETC is kind of looked at as being. Like it is the super gamey. People are going there to win. Because I'm very like what kind of this made me think of something earlier, which is when we were talking about ETC. Is like I'm very conscious that when we play normally in like a a regular club environment or even like a more friendly tournament. The thing that in the back of my mind always, always tells me is, well, it's okay, it's not ETC, so we'll just do this. <laughs> Whereas I can't do that now. <laughs> so, like, the, the pressure's there almost to try and, like, play it as a team and get the points that you're being asked to go out and get. So, like, are those other options just too risky? I think so. You've got that pressure from the rest of your team, haven't you, to not let them down. So, and you don't want to be taking any experiment mental lists that no one else has taken because it could turn out it's after garbage and we'll just get smashed so well i, am, I think there's obviously reasons why people are saying nah, nah your list is fine <laughs> i think i think there's a i think that it's a function of probably a couple of things here that you know now obviously it's it's a conservative list selection that you know you can't risk it with the you know a, 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 the big long bomb stuff um you've got to think about you know not not giving easy points away because obviously you know team stuff, but you know the, the the rules has settled, and I do think that that has made certain things more viable than others. You got to think a lot about agility. Uh, if you're going to go into a big combat, you got to go first, uh, and that either means you know for something like the Empire, if you're going to go in with you know IG for example, the natural things do great weapons because they kick ass but it's um but then you're going last so in that case you're going to need the wagon to get you up to lightning reflexes plus then you're going to need know that enemy now you're going first now you're a baller but uh, but they, they're going to see that coming so you immediately then just revert back to the sword and board uh so i can see see the thinking process that kind of goes behind a lot of these very conservative lists but it is a i agree with kevin it's 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 a bit it, it is it's a little bit i i don't know I, I i was hoping to see a bit more inspirational um list selection but yeah what do i know yeah no i was kind of the same because um i don't remember it being this cookie cutter last year i mean obviously in the past when it was um Warhammer Fantasy, and it still is in games like um, 40k and Age of Sigmar. If you look at the, the big team events, uh, they do tend to just have very similar lists because those are the things that work and they work best. So it, it makes total sense that's why they're there. But I just, I don't know, it was just interesting. I was reading them and I thought maybe that's just a result of um, the rules being a bit more stable this year and people having longer to really establish that, you know, X, Y, and Z is the best build on your chosen lord or, you know, whatever. So yeah, that's just the, the kind of list. So um, I guess what we should talk about is Team Scotland, right? Since we're all on that. Um, so if you don't know, Team Scotland this year comprises of... Uh, I will read everyone out. So our fearless leader and captain is Ed Murdoch on Orcs and Goblins. Uh, should the, we cheer or something between each yeah, one? Yeah, nah, I don't, nah. <laughs> There's... We don't deserve cheers. <laughs> Let's be serious. <laughs> um, there's myself on uh, Vampire Covenant. There Yay. is, yeah, thank you. <laughs> there is Paul on Warriors of Dark Gods. Yay! He got a bigger cheer. I'm not happy about that. There is uh, Guillermo on uh, Vermin Swarm. There is Fraz on Infernal Dwarves. There is the one and only Papa Deej on Dwarven Holds. There is John Turner on Ogres. There is Tim Botnick on Beast Herds. And have I missed someone? No, that's everyone. 
That was awkward. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Almost lost my job there. You cut that. Just get my stud. And of course, we have uh, you guys in as coaches. So, Paul, what was the thinking behind your list? Because lists are out now, so people know what we've been conspiring about, if you didn't already. So what was your thinking behind your list going into the event? Part of my thinking was I wanted to play something different. Yeah. That maybe it was something that people weren't used to playing, not to try and be edgy, but just to kind of embrace the, the fun of the event a little bit more and not get too worried about being super competitive. I mean, I'm not the greatest player in the world. I've got no illusions that I'm going to be 20 in of people at this event so I'm just looking at it as experience and so I would rather take something that I was going to enjoy playing and not something that I was sick to death of after playing for six months so that was the main thing uh, was the just the fun aspect and as I've mentioned um, I wanted to use this as an excuse to buy and paint a brand new army so looking at things in the book that I thought were interesting from a fluff perspective, having a bit of a theme to the to the list, which allowed me to maybe get some new and interesting models. So really just that they were the kind of main reasons. Um, still wanted something that would be effective and that would offer good uh, matchups um, just to serve the team aspect of the tournament. So uh, I've probably ran various iterations of uh, different lists with the same kind of units um, and I think I had enjoyed the results that I was getting with those particular units and decided to build a list specifically around them thinking that that could lead to some interesting possibilities. From a warrior's perspective it doesn't necessarily play to some of the obvious strengths but does offer some things that a lot of lists will really struggle to deal with. Mm. So I think it'll be quite interesting to play and see what people's reactions are going to be. There's, there's, it's certainly got a lot of bad matchups like everything else, but I guess that's inevitable. You can't build the perfect list. So just really looking forward to taking it and seeing how we go. And for those who don't know, you are running the Warriors Irredeemable list with all the, the janky stuff. With all the randomness. So the, the kind of the backbone of the list is two units of six wretched ones and two forsaken ones, with the wizard general giving everything rerolls on its random movement, with a couple of forsworn darts that have damnation, so if they pop from combat they just turn into more wretched ones, and I've got two blocks of kind of more combat type stuff, so I've got a big block of warriors and a big block of forsworn halberds. The list has gone through you know, various changes. It's gone from having two big massive blocks of barbarians and then they got swapped out for the for the warriors just because I was finding I needed something a bit more effective in combat that people was a little bit scarier for people. So no, the list's good. It's, I've had some good results with it. Um, it certainly does play well to its strengths. So yeah, it'd be fun. Looking forward to it. No I think I think with so much MSU about they they will really struggle to fight that list because they're not going to run away. If they're built on fleeing charges, they're screwed because they're not fleeing them. Yeah, this is it. So there's the it, it does offer some nice um, kind of mechanics just to play that people generally wouldn't have to worry about. So that would be fun. 
I'll, I'll be pleased if I can see my opponent sweating trying to work out <laughs> how the fuck to get away from things that he can't flee from, so that'll be good. Nice. So I think across the, the board on, on the Scottish team, if we said we had a game plan that would maybe be lying, I think is the word I'm looking for. I think we've kind of gone for a bit more unusual lists across the board. I think that's fair to say. Well, I think in, the, in the initial cases, conversations anyway. were it was certainly not worrying as much about the hard counter. Having a range of lists to do different things for sure, but I think um, I'd be right in saying that playing aggressively was something that was encouraged. Yes, yeah. So the the initial plan when we were kind of putting the team together was like just eight rush lists. And the concept behind that was that in two of those matches, you're probably going to get smashed. You might even lose 20 now, but in two of those matches, you should win. You do should do the smashing, so you could potentially win 20 now. And in the rest, you are the more aggressive player in that matchup. So you can force issues. But ultimately, we just kind of said to everyone that this is what we kind of, we want the team to be quite aggressive. But in, at the end of the day, bring a list that you're comfortable with and that you want to play with. So we're definitely, I don't think we'll be pushing for top tables. I think that's probably fair to <laughs> uh, But hopefully we've got some quite interesting lists across the board. Uh, and we give some some guys some good games. What was the thinking behind your VC? Um, so, I mean, I've talked about it before. It's My list is uh, the, the Ghoul Rush list. So I've got a big block of ghouls with a Trouble March banner. Uh, three Strigoi Vampires, one Flying, one BSB, uh, one Count. Three Varkalax, uh, a couple of other bits and pieces, but basically uh, I just run at people. <laughs> um, and that was just because I wanted to try something different, play a hyper-aggressive army, uh, which I've really enjoyed. And I've luckily, um, and I, I want to talk about this in a wee bit, but I've, I think I've staved off the um, <laughs> the burnout for the yeah, army. Because um, I'm still enjoying the list and enjoy playing in it, so that, that's good. But yeah, it was just to bring something different, something hyper-aggressive like, that would figure into the team mechanic. There um, was a, but yeah. I uh, just on on your list, Andrew. There was um. There's there's a lot of binding scrolls out there. Uh, are you worried about them? Uh, are you worried about people re, uh, stopping you from regrowing your champion? So um. Mate, I'm uh, I'm worried about champion. a lot of things in those lists. <laughs> <laughs> Put it down to binding scrolls. I think is uh, underselling how worried I am. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love your list. I think it, I think it's just smashes face and I, I wouldn't even know where to start with it so um uh, yeah but it's uh, i was looking through the, uh, a lot of band, a lot of binding scrolls out there uh quite a lot more than we see on our, our on our there our is yeah and to be fair there was a lot of binding scrolls last year and that was kind of one of the big takeaways last year was that because everyone thought when the dispel scroll kind of got taken away that um that was basically the end of anti-magic builds but us on team scotland last year um, at least missed this whole binding scroll revolution that had gone on on the, the continent um, and that was the big takeaways from us so what I've done is chosen to ignore that um, and only take <laughs> an adept and two apprentices <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see how that goes um, I mean there's a lot yeah. of armour kicking about and I can't really deal with the armour um, there's a lot of magic missiles which I'm not a fan of especially pyro basically it's fucking terrible Um <laughs> But we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll go for it. At any, at any point of reading the lists, did you have the moment where you're like, oh, I wish I had taken that list that I'd been running for last night? Like, uh, I've made a terrible mistake. Two months. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot, um, for the vampires anyway, there's a lot of guys that have taken the 
uh, independent vampire with arcane knowledge, which was what I was running for basically the first half of this year. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of shrieking horrors kicking about, which was quite surprising because that's what I was running. So, I don't know, it's quite interesting. I mean, it's definitely that, it kind of figures into what we were saying earlier, that was a much more defensive-minded list. Um, yeah. And it was a lot easier to hold off and not lose big with that list, whereas the ghoul list kind of goes goes hard or goes home. So, I mean, looking at the, um, the the Scotland list, there are quite a lot of um, aggressive builds, aren't there? Um, yes. Thinking about guns, guns, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, you and uh, and Ed's is uh, Ed's is super punchy, isn't it? Um, yeah. Ed's yeah. a very aggressive player, though. He is. I mean, he's just going to wash the board with with nasty unit and all, all that random moving. It's like like you say with your stuff, Paul. I mean, um, but you know, I mean, that, those random movers really, you know, going to mess with people because I mean, sometimes they just go absolutely bananas. I mean, okay, pump wagons only get so far, don't they? But it's um, uh, you know, you, a lot of your randoms are going to be um, going to be making a big mess. And how cool is that that rule where um, <laughs> where if they lose combat, they just Turn up again and something even worse. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. Yeah. It's it's a shame, like, because at one point I wanted to bring more units that did that, but you're capped at two. Nah, so I was, a lot, I was a lot sad because I was thinking oh, I could just have two small ones and then a really big one, but they can't do that, unfortunately. So, Ben. So, did you guys coming into the team um, as coaches, were you kind of surprised by how we did this? Things like that, because I'm just interested to get other people's thoughts on it, because it's, it's hard this part of the the kind of the process for ATC because it's not a process that a lot of people talk about. But basically, for the last almost a year, um, we've been talking about this and building lists and flipping ideas, and we have monthly team calls and there's the the team chat on WhatsApp where we're all firing answers back and forward. So, were you guys coming into the team surprised by how much? work was involved and the kind of things that we were discussing or did you kind of think this was uh, to be expected the thing that surprised me was uh, Ed and his amazing organisational skills it's, just, it's crazy it's impressive, isn't it? how organised he is yeah, yeah. I, it blows my mind but uh, from like list building wise I weren't I never really knew what to expect I weren't too sure if the team would go no you're taking this list and you can't change it you better get good with that list because that's the best list if you know what i mean yeah it's good that you've got freedom to make your own list of something you want to take i like that side of it i, I really like the way that, that everyone's encouraged to you know take I, I think it's important if you take a list that, that you like i think you're going to be better with it um there has been an, a, an enormous amount of sort of debate and discussion and i think that's really healthy and you know to be honest it's cathartic because well because usually you don't get many people to talk to about this sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, I mean, it's great. I mean, you know, you can literally sort of, you know, have a an in-depth conversation with someone about the, the merits of having that extra single electoral cavalry guy and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But it's, um, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot that's gone into it. Uh, but I think, I, I think it's, 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 um, it's, it's kind of as I expected. Okay. Um, Ed's super, super organized. And um, I think, you know, really, really runs a, a tight ship. And um, he's, he's certainly got everyone going, hasn't he? Yes, the hype is definitely starting to build now. Have you guys, like, because there has been a lot of prep involved, have you guys, like, enjoyed that side of it, that the, the prep side? Personally, I, I, I enjoy it. Um, but there's even some stages where I'm just like, right, I'm ready to play now. Like, I, I kind of felt like that 
a couple of weeks ago where I was just kind of like, this is, I'm ready to rock now. I don't need any more of this stuff. But I think that's maybe just my mindset. One of the things I think has been really, really, really good, and I, I'm kind of trying to bring to this, is, is the, the theory of um, marginal gain. I'm dead keen on sports and stuff, so I'm, I'm fully into all these sort of sports uh, you know, psycho babble, but um, you know, we 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 can't do one thing a hundred percent better, but we can do a bunch of things one percent better, and that's kind of the same thing. So, you know, a, a lot of things that Kevin and I have been working on is just making little things a little bit better, and you know, kind of at the centre of that was was starting with the idea of, you know, doing player questionnaires, trying to work out who's who. Because I mean, although I I I know yourself and I know Paul and I know. Ed and a phrase from from the circuit stuff. Some of the other guys have uh, I've never really met before because many of their playing on tables way above me. But it's um, uh, it was it was it was really interesting to sort of you know get people's thoughts on how they play, how they want to play, uh, and then to build from that, trying to get together this checklist thing that I, the, the personally I think is really important. So sort of you know personalising a checklist for each of the players so that, that that they don't forget things because I don't know about you guys but. I've lost games because I've forgotten stupid things. Yeah. Uh, I've done it tons of times. And if you can eliminate errors, I was talking to Andy Catlow about this last week. He's a great player. Um, I was saying, you know, it's almost 50% of the battle is, is not making stupid mistakes uh, and forgetting things because it's absolutely critical. You know, you cast a divination spell, you don't put the uh, cold-blooded onto something, it breaks in combat, your whole you know, battle line collapses. And after the game, you're like, why didn't I do that? And and so if you can eliminate that, and, and if, if if I can do nothing else as a coach, that would be the thing I'd like to bring to it. I mean, I think it has to be said that both you and Kev have done an awesome job so far, because when we, we got you guys on board, the, the thinking behind it was that it would just be awesome to have two extra hands, uh, two extra set of hands, actually, um, on, on the day when we're doing the pairings and things like that and just uh, doing the rounds on the, the game. But you've you've totally thrown yourself in it and immersed yourself and uh, the team is far better for it. But yeah, like in terms of how you've approached coaching the team, because obviously it, it's, it sounds like something that should be relatively straightforward, but it's not. It's, it's a very difficult job. How, how have you found like coming into that? And obviously your, your approach has been, like you said, finding those little things to improve on, whether it's just remembering... Uh, you you know your special rules, or whether it's thinking a little bit more about deployment or spell selection. Um, how have you guys found coming into the team like that? Has has it been? Have you enjoyed it most of all? And have you been able to get something out of it as well? Talking to the guys about these kind of things. Oh, I think the um, team building weekend thing we did that was really good. Yeah, I learned a lot then, and it was just it's just nice to hear people describe things and I think work it through in your mind. If you know what I mean, I think that was a uh, really useful. Uh, I learned a lot from that, especially about the way I play, and I think almost understanding the way other people approach the game. Obviously, most people are more tactical than me and don't just <laughs> shove it all forward and hope for the best. So it's good to see a different mindset. But yeah, overall, it's been, it's been really interesting and eye-opening. The, the amount of effort that goes into it is yeah astounding. I mean, just as the logistics alone. I mean, you know, from accommodation. To car, into car hire to you know, shirts and dice and stuff. I mean, it, it is quite a phenomenal logistical effort. And, uh, well, we um, came quite know. late to it, didn't we, Matt? So that yeah. was already sorted. Yeah. Everyone's yeah, accommodation absolutely. done. You know, you got the date yeah. sorted. Didn't have to worry about any of that. No, no. I mean, we just we just walked straight into it, didn't we? Yeah. Like, it's the way we like it. 
<laughs> that was legit four months or five months work as well. <laughs> These bloody yeah, shirts. Oh my god. <laughs> Top EPC coaching tip. Join the team after we've done all that. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Check your hat into the ring about four and a half months before the event. Well, we've done the basics by that stage. <laughs> no, but I mean, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, it, we, Kev and I drove up, didn't we, and, uh, uh, for, the, for the training weekend. And, um, uh, um, and we, it, I think it was just great. I mean, there was like little, little, little symposiums and moratoriums about, you know, what was, what, what was you know, deployment and how, to ma- how do you get the best out of the magic phase. And, and Tim, man, Tim knows a lot about my age. Yeah. His, his level of, 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 uh, of understanding is, is, is just an epic, epic level. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've really enjoyed this so far and, and um, you know, hopefully we can add a bit. Um, I got my emergency dice for the medic. And if I, I sat down with dad age ago and said, you know, what can I do? What can I, what can I do best for the team? And he, he, he sat there and he thought, and he said, hmm, bottles of water. <laughs> I thought, okay. Fine, bottles of water it is as well. Matt, I will very Back rarely ask thing. you for a war, just to say that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, yeah I thought, mm, not sure about that. Uh, but I mean, you know, things like um, uh, having getting all the army lists, you know, those, those super um, army books that you can get on, on Amazon, are like yeah. four quid for. They're, they're okay, they jam a couple of armies together in the same book, but. Um, you know, just having those to hand, uh, and, you know, being able to sort of give the guys information on different units. Cause th- there's nothing worse than if you're sort of, you know, about to declare charges and you're saying to someone, you know, what's the offensive skill of that unit? Because obviously, you know, you're giving it away, aren't you? And being able to, you know, provide that sort of information, I think is, is, is kind of a uh, part of the marginal gain concept that you, you can just uh, give it a little bit of an edge. Uh, and hopefully it makes a bit of a difference. Absolutely. So how are you guys uh, looking to approach it when we're there? Obviously, you kind of touched on that there, that um, you've got this amazing medic bag that we have to shout out medic if the dice aren't working and you're going to run over with absolutely not rigged dice uh, and we're going <laughs> to throw them instead. Um, so yeah. how, how are you guys... We're going to have a little bag, aren't we, Kev? We're going yeah. uh, to have critical stuff. So Dan's water, obviously the medic <laughs> dice, um, then the ibuprofen and paracetamol because you need good. them both. <laughs> a big trolley full of beer. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, camera taking photos of nice armies. What else, Kev? What else have we got for? You know, just uh, shouting at them, telling them to charge and stop running away. <laughs> stop dying. Professional yeah, don't, don't, tips. Don't ever, don't ever flee. No, please, rubbish. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I tell you what, if the vampires are fleeing, something's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> well, is that you two all right? I, neither of you can flee, so it's fine. <laughs> you're doing great, guys. <laughs> yeah, good work. Don't need to coach you, so you know what you're doing. <laughs> is there anything going into the games that you're you're particularly looking forward to or particularly um, maybe a little bit apprehensive about? Talked a lot um, in things like the team chats about it's invaluable having a coach. It just helps so much, and to have two is amazing. Um, and just the ability for the, t- the coach to look at the games and get a sense of if that that table's on prediction um, or if it's off prediction by how much because that just it makes the entire the rest of the team's job easier because they know what's happening and that's the the hardest thing especially at an eight-man event is that at one end of the table you've got no idea how your boy at the other end's doing so if he was meant to be on a green but he's getting smashed then you were on an amber like you need to know that you've got to push now because shit's getting real down the table and you need to go get some points. 
Yeah, because when when we went up to to Sterling, uh, there was an odd number of players, wasn't there? So it was yes, seven yeah. players uh, on the Sunday, uh, and so uh, I said, okay, fine, I'll, I'll actually have a go at coaching this. And we had sort of you know the west side and the east side, and I was sort of you know, and it's actually really really tricky to, um, and that was only with three games going on, to keep up with precisely where people are up to what their prediction is and how things are looking, it's actually surprisingly difficult. So, you know, I mean, sort of turn three, four, where, where obviously, you know, people need to be making critical decisions. It's actually, because of course, some games slow down and boom through the yeah. round. Uh, and that's, that's something that I think that, that we're going to, we're going to have to work quite, quite hard with to, you know, to, to be able to sort of pass information because it's not as though everyone jumps onto the same round at the same time. And, Therefore, um, obviously, it's quite going to be quite difficult to sort of, you know, be, be keep everyone appraised of the the situation. But that is that I think is the most important important part of it. I think everyone's always conservative as well with how they're doing in the game. No one wants to go, oh, I'm in for a twenty year easy <laughs> by turn two. You know, oh, maybe a twelve. You know, so <laughs> it's going to be interesting for us to try and observe the game and think how we think it's going, and you know, as well as the players' predictions about how it's going. So I'm looking forward to watching the uh, pairings in action because uh, it, I just find it absolutely yes. fascinating. That is That's that cool. something that you've been thinking about a lot, Andrew, as assistant captain. Um, I should probably say yes, right? Yeah, I'll probably yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll say yes. I'll be thinking about it. No, like I, I don't know. I've talked about it a lot, and uh, to some and. Um, has been really helpful as well that basically without giving, I mean, we're not going to be at the top table so I'm not giving anything away by saying this but <laughs> um, we're, we're kind of going into it thinking that the best strategy is to de- to deny reds so take your opportunities where they come in terms of pairing but the biggest thing we're looking to do is um, basically minimise bad matchups um, I mean unsurprisingly there's another school of thought that think that you sacrifice players in order to get the best matchups. Um so it's all about maximizing your greens. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. But I think the the big thing for us for parents is just trying to um we're quite lucky in the way that our armies are spread out and that we've got armies that do um similar things and just trying to make the most of that and trying to force decisions on the op- the opposition team and basically between one bad matchup and another bad matchup. I mean that's the dream. Um but I mean Ed and I, we've done pairings before, but never on this scale. So this is as much um, a new experience for us as it is for everyone else. So we're probably going to fuck up, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're the ones deciding it, so no one can really moan. <laughs> well, the, the first time I ever came across this pairings thing was at the Midlands team event last year. Uh, yeah. And I was playing for Milton Keynes, and we played you guys in the first round, didn't we? And, yes. Um, we had absolutely no idea at all about how to do pairings, and it showed, frankly. Yeah, I think we, I think we paired pretty well that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, like four-man pairings is, I mean, it sounds obvious, but the difference between eight-man pairings and smaller team events is massive. You've got to think tactically about the, the matchups you're trying to force in the early game, because really the important game, the important matchups happen later on. It's all about thinking about what cards you want in your hand towards the end of the matchup process, because that's when you can really force issues. What do you think are our key key cards then? Yeah, you know, who's who's our key cards? I mean, without giving away state secrets and things. I think that like, if you read the the read list, you'll kind of get a general sense that a lot of our armies are very aggressive. 
Uh, but we do, we've got like Deej, who's got quite a, a very solid dwarf list that is basically, it does what Deej does best and he just doesn't give away points. So we've obviously got that in the bag. I think the thing that might go against it sometimes is that we've just got so many aggressive lists. Um, so there's, a, we don't have so much, um, like you'll hear people talk about parents, like the, the sword and shield mechanic that you've got blockers and you've got attackers. Yeah, um, we 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 kind of haven't adopted that approach. This <laughs> we've got a shed load of attackers, um, which again, this is uh, this is kind of an experiment as well, and we'll see how this goes. That we've got a lot more aggressive lists than defensive, but we do have a couple lists that can play very defensively as well if need be. But again, we've got a lot of guys that are coming into the team for the first time, which is awesome. And it's you can't really explain it until you play it the the team aspect of it, especially the bigger teams that. If you get matched in a red matchup and it's really terrible, and if that was a singles event, you'd be like, "There's this is so demoralizing. I'm just gonna get smashed here." Um, if you get one or two points out of that, and you were predicted to get twentyed, the 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 people go mental. It's, it's <laughs> like you won the World Cup. It's it's crazy, and yeah. there's actually been better reactions. Like last year, we had better reactions for guys that had shit matchups and got good results. Uh, and by good results, we mean three points <laughs> than yeah, some yeah. of the guys that got in the, the green matchups and smashed face. So it's it, it just adds a whole other level to gameplay and it makes it actually makes bad matchups quite enjoyable as well because it's a real test of your ability to manage the game. And it, it goes back to what you were saying, Matt, about just essentially minimizing mistakes and playing very tight and just knowing what your stuff does and sticking to your game plan a lot of time, but also being able to take the opportunities when they arise. Um, and that's basically so much of it. I, I, and again, I can't stress this enough. Um, there's obviously going to be a lot of nerves and things going into it, but you're there to have fun. And that is the single most important thing, is that you come out of the experience and you've enjoyed all your games, which I think we will. I think it will be good fun. So what about you, Paul, going into it? Because obviously from a, a player's perspective, uh, are you worried about the parents? or no. Not at all. I mean, no. no, like, I think we've obviously got our homework. We've got to read through all the lists and, and kind of assign how we think those potential matchups might go. But to be honest, once that's out of the way, like, it's, it's kind of out of my hands. And I just have to let you guys determine what matchups I get. And those matchups will presumably be the best that we could hope for. Because it's a team event, like I'm more than happy to get a bad matchup if it means three other guys get a better one. Yeah. And if that means we win the round, then that's great. So, like you say, there's, there is a degree of pressure because you're playing in a team environment and you don't want to let anyone down. But at the same time, as you say, if you're only required to get a few points or hold on to points, then to me that makes my job easier because then it makes it that much harder for the other player if I don't commit. Yeah. So I would assume that most people approach the ETC with the same kind of attitude and that they're there to have fun. So as long as I get a player that is there to, you know, enjoy themselves, then I'll I'll have a great time. So I'm not really worried about it beyond, like, just letting other people down. And, you know, like, I don't want to lose all my games. It would be nice to get a, a couple of good results, but... I'll try and get those parents going for you. <laughs> <laughs> I did. We were saying like beforehand, like, oh, I think this list is going to be really good against elves. And then we saw like the, Fuck all elves. the distribution of armies, and I was like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no, got, I'm, got, I'm not too worried. I've got a couple of questions, Andrew. Obviously, you're, you're, you're 
a couple. Of, how, how do you feel we are set in comparison to this time last year? In terms of team preparation, I think we're we're possibly uh, even more prepared than last year. Um, I think because we've been able for folk that that aren't aware, we did a, a practice weekend a few weeks ago. We've been really on point with team calls, and um, the chat has been really good this year with firing ideas back and forth. Um, so I think we're in terms of preparation really can't complain. I think all the guys are being a credit to themselves and everyone's bought into it. Everyone's done lots of practice, uh, really honed their list. I mean, the, the before list submissions, we were talking with a few guys in the team like uh, like Fraz and Guillermo and we were, we were literally talking about 25 points at times. Like, where do you spend that 25 points? So I think, that, again, it's just the credit to the guys that they've all bought into it. Obviously, last year we had uh, a very experienced team. Like we had guys like Felix, like Gareth on the team that, um, you know, they've been there, done it all, and, uh, and so forth, and won a lot more uh, trophies than uh, than I have. <laughs> um, so the teams are very different in what we set we're setting out to do as well. But I actually think that this year we've got an even more important job because we're trying to establish this the Scotland team for for years to come, hopefully. And uh, the big priority is getting guys out there to to get the experience, decide whether they enjoy it or not, which I'm sure they all will. Um, and, yeah, hopefully coming away with a performance that we can all be proud of at the end of the day. But, uh, you know, cheap beer, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you finish last year? We finished 18th, I believe. Uh, I think there was 36 and we finished 18th. That's respectable. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah like, but um, we finished... We'd, we'd be pleased with that, wouldn't we, Kev? I'll be delighted with that. <laughs> oh, that, I mean, yeah. Be on my wildest expectations. <laughs> um, so last year, a big aim of ours was to be um, the best home nation or a, a second best, and we were second best last year because England finished above oh. us. Um, sure, which was which was awesome, like because that was one of the things, the kind of like achievable goals that we kind of set out for. Interestingly, this year the Welsh team is kind of similar to us that they've got a few new guys in there. Um, like Ollie, who's playing for the first time, so I think they'll be taking a similar kind of approach to us which would be very cool. Just the, the most important thing is just to go there, get the experience, and then have a good time. And if it's any consolation to any other guys in the team, I'm sure I'm going to get smashed with this list because there's a fuck a lot of armour coming about. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be good fun. Yeah. I think the other thing that I'd really like to see with ourselves now is some epic display of, um, you know, some some uh, Eastern European completely lose control of his... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Starlet just launched his army across the room. That would be that would be really cool. I've heard stories about that sort of thing every year, so I'd quite like to see that. I want to see fights. I want to see punch ups. I want to see tins of tuna. You know, and all that. I've heard all the stories. All the highlights. I don't want to witness it now. <laughs> I mean, last year there was a few. Um, there was a few times at the tables near me where the things were getting very tense. Um, luckily, that was that wasn't really any of my games, uh, but. Oh, for Team Scotland? No, just like the because when you're playing, you're playing in the rows. So, uh, like the okay. row behind us was like two different teams playing, um, and there was a few things like there was one where it was, uh, I think it was Switzerland against Ukraine, and there was a table behind me, and they were they were not being very friendly to one another <laughs> after, <laughs> after turn now, four. Now I'm, I'm right in thinking that everything has to be conducted in English. That that's right, isn't it? Yes. You have to talk yeah. English at, apart from during coaches coaches breakout. Yeah, yeah. which so, is um, um, this is another thing that. Um, obviously English is the most spoken language there, so it makes sense to have an English, but we're obviously spoiled drawing because it's our native tongue and it's not necessarily uh, the native 
tongue uh, or even the second language of some of the nations we'll be playing. So um, there is sometimes a, uh, a little bit of a language barrier, but like the guys from, especially the further away nations, like their their English is fucking amazing. It's better than my English half the time. So, <laughs> so I mean, we've got Fraz on the team. Oh right? fuck, Fraz is gonna have to get like a fucking chalkboard out and draw <laughs> diagrams and shit. <laughs> But no, the, the, there's not. Although there is incidents uh, that happen at any kind of competitive event, um, I think that the vast majority of folk there, and I said this about our, on a review of last year's one, that um, they were all fantastic, and they're all there for the same reasons we are, and that's to have fun and, uh, and push guys across the table. So it should be good. In terms of any any teams you'd particularly like to play against, or any any players that you'd like to meet, is there anything like that going into the, the event? Has anyone thought about that? I think everyone's heard of Poland. I'd I'd love to actually see what these guys can do. I mean, I I just kind of like to, you know, maybe just observe the poles <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, doing their thing. I mean, that that would because uh, obviously you know you, their, their reputation precedes them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that'd be that'd be quite cool. I, I I wonder if um if they're doing something different to everyone else. That's what I thought. Looking at uh, when I was about to look at their list, I thought you know they must have some crazy stuff going on, but it doesn't look like anything different. But they obviously know what they're doing with it. Yeah, they just kind of win whereas we don't. <laughs> what about you, Paul? Not particularly. I mean, I can't. I don't think there's any particular player there that I'm thinking. Oh, it'd be nice to kind of see. Like it'd be. People like Blonde Bear and stuff that, you know, they do a lot for the for the game and the hobby and they do a lot of, like, content. You know, it'd be nice to kind of say hello. But beyond that, no, not particularly. Yeah, that's actually something that I'm kind of looking forward to because I'm, uh, I'm on the background team uh, with Ed and, you know, so we, I work closely with a bunch of guys, some of whom are going to be, be there who I've never actually met. So um, that'd be kind of cool to yeah. meet sort of names off the forum who, you know, have a lot to do with, but... But um, uh, we'll meet for the first time at ETC. That's going to be going to be nice. Yeah, it's a bit surreal walking around the hall and seeing uh, people's usernames on their shirt, and you're like, oh, oh yeah. you're that guy. <laughs> like I had guys come up to me last year, like, oh, you because of the Empire ACS. They were coming, oh, you're the Empire ACS. I was like, yeah, yeah, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I was like, yeah, I know, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So that's very cool. Um, so no, no particular nations, Paul, that you're. Not really, no. I mean, like, um, I guess, I don't know if there's any that are like actually in the American team, but like, just in terms of like content producers, like the there's obviously like a few American guys that you hear about in the circuit, um, and they kind of pop in and out on YouTube videos and things. Yeah. So it'd be kind of fun to see these guys around, people like Chai Hammer and stuff. Just you know, but yeah, no. Beyond that, like, um, I'm sure, um, I'm sure most of the guys that are going to be there are going to be lovely and. It's just going to be good to kind of sit around for for a week and like chat shit about vintage and you know get to meet people and you know maybe if I come back in a year's time or a couple of years time you know these are people that you can kind of see again and then see what's going on so tournaments are always fun it's always good to go yeah, and, and meet new people so yeah but beyond that not particularly I'm just looking forward to chatting shit really and that's so much of or it, the usual. <laughs> I like um one of the best things is uh like getting around the dinner table between your rounds and stuff like that and, and chatting about it and it's just basically an excuse to live ninth age for a week. Uh which is fantastic. Yeah. And it'll be it'll be grand. Ah we've got a swimming pool in the place we're staying. <laughs> <Yeah. Bonus. laughs> 
So that's pretty is that, is that, is that, that's, the, that's the party house, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So uh, we have there is not the, the, the sensible annex. sensible uh, yeah. annex, <laughs> which is. <laughs> uh, where... I'm not sure. Ed, I'm not sure Ed knows what he's let himself. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, there's a couch mat. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then Kev is rather unwisely signed himself up to the party house, which is. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm fun. so excited. <laughs> Uh, a lot of beer is going to be going down. Um, that's it. Is there anything else anyone wants to discuss before going in? Because I think we've kind of we've covered a lot. Questions for coaches we can talk about, yeah. but they're kind of silly. So if anyone wants to do anything serious, I'd recommend oh. that you do it now. Well, Matt, you go in and we'll have a quick fire. Well, pull I, I was just I was just going to say because uh, obviously it's not just ninth phase that's there, is it? No, well. no. I mean, I think that's that's. I mean, Flames of War. I've only ever seen that. You know, like the odd game. That's going to be really cool. And AOS is going to be there as a sort of a sideline yep, event, and yep. and 40k, and I mean, I it's I just it's going to blow my mind to have like you know a couple of hundred tables of just people wargaming. Yeah, I might have a system failure for a little bit. One thing <laughs> I would recommend is that um, go and watch a 40k game for a little while. It's fucking. I bet you will do that. It's fucking <laughs> mental. It lasts about 20 seconds. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, right, okay, you're dead. Sweet. <laughs> cool. <laughs> One thing is quite wow. cool though is that you've got obviously uh, teams there represent the same country as you, and you've never met them. So, <laughs> like there was the the Team Scotland 40k guys there who were also all in kilts last year, and you would kind of like pass them in the corridor and just kind of like wink at each other and <laughs> pass some sexual innuendos as you walk by. It was good. <laughs> See, I do yeah, play a bit but... 40k, so I'm quite interested to watch some of those 40k games at the higher end. Yeah, I like playing it. It's a fluff game. You know, you get some good stories going, but it's as reason. a tournament game, it's crazy. Yeah, I agree. It, it's utterly crazy at uh, a tournament level, and it's not enjoyable for me one bit. Yeah, it's a hard game to, I think, play competitively. So it's quite, it's quite starting to see it at that level. Yeah, is that having to take all your toys off in the first turn before you've even rolled any dice for your guys? It's just heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, you want to play play Empire, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I'll play against them. Oh my god! <laughs> right, Paul, would you want to do your quick fire round? Yeah, okay. So, just as we were talking about kind of responsibilities that you guys have got as coaches, I suppose one of the things you, you may have thought um, you might have to do is to step in and play one of our lists should the unthinkable happen. <laughs> And one of us can actually play on the day. So if you had to pick one of the eight lists to play, who would you choose to play? Well, that's going to be so easy for Kev, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it probably would be the Warriors for me. Your list is Paul, but he's a hardy man. I can't see Paul being uh, taken out of action. No, no, I can't see that. Paul uh, can put it away as well. He doesn't look like he can, but holy shit. <laughs> that man can drink I, the whiskey. I guess, I, yeah. <laughs> I guess if I had to, uh, I'd, I'd probably go for Ed's Ed's uh, Goblin Rush list. I reckon I like the look of that. There's, there's, I could do stuff with that. That'd be nice. I think the worst one for me would be the ogres. I wouldn't have a clue what to do with them. Best one, vermin swarm, because it's stuff filth. You don't need to do anything. Jump <laughs> all of them, and it happens. I'm you sure Guillermo will appreciate that. You just sit back and win twenty nil, don't you? That's how yeah, it works. Much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no pressure, G. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon that um, it would be an 
absolute nightmare to have to try and run the the ogres list or um your your um your your vampires list, Andrew. I reckon they reckon there's synergies in there that I just don't understand. <laughs> it could be I could be like far Akalax all over the place. Yeah, if I can play it, anyone can. Come on. <laughs> I'd quite like to play uh, John's list. I think that'd be quite cool. Just because I, th- I think because John's is the same kind of idea as mine. It's just um, all very fast stuff that gets up in your face. So it'd be quite cool to play that. I think the uh, I think Fraser's ID list um, makes uh, make make makes for relatively straightforward play. I mean, Kadim Titans are horrible. Uh, Baby Kadims are horrible. Uh, and you got two big blocks up the middle plus shooting. Um, does what it says on the tin. Yeah. You're alright with that. What about you, Paul? If I had to play someone else's list. Yeah. Just their interest. Oh. I really don't know. Like I would I'd like to see John's ogres, but I don't think I could play that list. It's just too much stuff going on. Tim's Beast Herds one's pretty cool. Yeah. Quite like that. Reading the Beast Herd book more recently and I think that'd be quite fun to play. Don't probably wouldn't be able to use it, but I did probably enjoy playing it. But no, I've, I've not actually considered that. I guess that's not a problem I need to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what's quite an interesting question is: is is there anyone who's who's likely to go down? Yes, bend <laughs> down. Well, yes. This is one of the other questions, right? So from from a, a coaching perspective, what team member are you most worried about? A from an alcohol consumption point of view, and B from a, a tilt point of view (laughs) (laughs) who can you see Uh, having to step in and you know get them to calm down a bit well well, I reckon Kev (laughs) (laughs) just have to step in and calm down the other coach (laughs) Uh, is that because I can't drink what is it no, mate, it's because uh, <laughs> maybe I'll play both our armies day one. You play both our armies day two. How about that? I reckon that oh, yeah, that'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, all right, crack. You know, I think slides like to, like to get sourced up uh, and being capable of parading. Um, oh, I'm going to have to go with the big git. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, like, but... <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, I'm surprised because I mean I don't I don't know John very well, but I get the impression that John likes a drink. Oh, but John can handle it. John can drink ridiculous amounts, bet. yeah, and still okay. play. I think it's good. But well, who do you think, Kev? Oh, I bet a bit uh, can get a bit there. <laughs> <even fit up. laughs> yeah, what's Deej like handling his booze? Is he uh, is he is he a legend? Oh, Deej is. Cried and born and raised, mate. He's hard as nails. <laughs> oh, bottomless, bottomless. I don't think I've ever seen these drink. It has been known to happen. I mean, I'd be worried about about Fraz. Fraz looks a good beer. I think it's probably between Fraz and I. I would say, not being able to play. Although, I was I was very sensible during the game nights. It was the non-game nights that was my problem last year. The return journey home was difficult. That was um, <laughs> something which I don't really want to repeat this year. Did you not almost get lost in the airport coming back? I always had a breakdown in Frankfurt <laughs> Airport. Um, I was still drunk when I got on the plane. Um, Ma- <laughs> Martin ferried me into this plane. Um, we, I got to Frankfurt. I was on, on the same flight as Martin. I got lost because Frankfurt's fucking massive. And I tried to buy a bottle of water out of any machine and it wouldn't accept my card. And uh, I literally sat down on the floor. I was like, this is it. I'm just going to just gonna come up and die right now. <laughs> That was the last straw. Yeah, but then I found out the shop that sells Mars bar sells all right. 
I think if there's anyone who's not going to be able to get up in the morning because they're too hungover, it'll probably be me. But oh, I'll yeah. try my best. Yeah, I don't cope well when I'm hungover. Oh, no, 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 Kev. We're doing five milers every morning, mate. Before, before <laughs> oh, are we? Oh, yeah. fuck that. In 30 mate. degree yeah. heat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that was definitely on the, on the checklist. Wasn't it? <laughs> oh, I can't wait for them. Sign me up. <laughs> Jesus. I'll be doggy paddling. Is that house, Matt, that you're in? <laughs> five miles. <laughs> Can you imagine if we actually did that? That would be really funny, wouldn't it? You know, just five mile at 7.30. Just for the purposes of putting together like a montage video, that would be great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do you run think... past the opponent's houses, you know, psych them out. Be like, ready to go. Yeah, just get your dick out in front of the wheel's house. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll just be coming back in from the nightclub. <laughs> Yeah, fuck me, <laughs> Jesus Christ! That was my downfall last year. So, who did you think for the uh, the tilt thing? Tilt Omar on the team. I think we're all pretty chill. To be fair. Well, when we say tilt, do we mean like he's gonna like flip? He's gonna flip the table. Yeah, flip yeah. out. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, he's gonna flip out. Um, crikey, who could flip? You're not gonna broadcast this, are you? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Who's gonna flip out? Um, this isn't actually a real episode. This is all being just getting you to this. <laughs> live out there. And I'm just Who's... gonna upload this little five minute segment. Uh, I, oh, crikey, do you know what? I, I could see Ed flipping a table if uh, really, if his, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if I'm taking money to see that. Like him for the third round going, I could see him just like going up in it. <laughs> or Tim. I think Tim Tim, Tim be my bet. Flip the table, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that old story from way back on Bad Dice about Ben Johnson talking about how he'd um, uh, he was playing against an Italian guy, uh, and he'd basically frenzy baited a, a chariot into his steam tank, uh, and and it, and it overran straight into. Uh, he frenzy baited it with with some some light troops, and it, it went straight through them and into the steam tank, and that used to do reverse impact hits. <laughs> uh, and he killed his chariot oh. and he literally took it off the table and launched it across the room. <laughs> I want to see that. I really do. Do you have another question, Paul? What is your minimum bribe? Just throwing it out there. <laughs> Other teams or you know, if we're you know, if we're really giving it to like another team and they're really hard up against it and they have to, you know, look for any age possible, what's your minimum bribe? Oh, it's gotta be a rim job. Hungover right? I am. If I'm really hungover, just uh, give me a chance to have a nap. You know, I'll give him a 20 for that. That's fine. But, or beer, to be honest. If I'm not hungover, then beer. So, yeah, easy. I'm very bribable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid public decency prohibits my response to that question. <laughs> what about you, Paul? Minimum bribe? Yeah. Oh, if someone gives me six points, it's fine. You <laughs> <laughs> can have the 14. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yourself? A 10 and a beer, I would say. 10 and a beer. I think that's all right. 10 and a beer. Well, it depends. If I'm, like, really down on on the uh, to trying to get to 60, then I might ask for a wee cheeky 11, maybe a wee cheeky 12. But, yeah, 10 and a beer. I think that's fair. Did that Did happen it? a lot last year? People shaking on results? Um, I shook on one result, which was a, a which was ironically a ten and a beer. 
Um, oh, suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a game where I had it down as a green. Um, we deployed. He went first. Shot shit out of me. I, I actually got Tim over because Tim wasn't playing at that point. I said, this is going to go badly. And then the guy looked at the table before I'd even moved anything. And he was like, um, so this is going to be a 10-10. Do you want to shake on it? I was like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, I do. <laughs> Give me that hand. <laughs> he said, chuck it a beer and I'll be a <laughs> so, yeah. Did you carry on playing or did you just pack up? Uh, we, we didn't, actually, because I said to him, do you want to just have a smash? Um, and he said, nah, because I think it was, um, I think that was game four. Uh, he was like, nah, I'm too tired. Um, but we, we did, we simulated one combat because that was kind of going to be the crucial one. Um, and I did win that combat. So maybe I should have settled for a 10. <laughs> but uh, no, that was good. That was actually one of the, the best games I had because it was like, um, <laughs> we just sat in um, the status from Argentina and we had a great time. We just sat and drank some beer and watched the other games and um, took the piss out of uh, the guys that were playing. It was good. Are we going to allow that, uh, Matt? We no way, Bravo. dude. Uh, no. Play it out. No way. Play it out. No, they, if they're bribing players, they're bribing coaches first, mate. <laughs> That's very true. What's the prediction for broken chairs this year? Oh, it's got to be high. It's got more be than high. last year. In the lender lesson. Well, there's more more players season. this year, right? Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I wonder what the the setup's going to be. It was something to behold last year. What are just cheap chairs? They were like um, garden patio chairs, you know, like the white plastic oh, ones. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, and uh, it will surprise no one to know that there are a couple of large gentlemen that play this hobby who were just smashing these motherfuckers for the, the hell of it. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of boys rolling about the floor. <laughs> it, got, it got to a point where everyone was so paranoid about breaking these chairs because every time a chair broke, the whole hall just turned around and laughed at them. Um, the people were like doubling up the chairs to give them a bit more stability. But if they broke, holy shit, you were getting it. <laughs> <laughs> if it's the return of the Guardian, uh, Guardian uh, Garden Patio Chairs, I think it'll be a pretty high body count. The casualty rate will be um, the, the beer consumption. Alcohol. Because yeah. I think it's even cheaper in Serbia, from what I've been led to believe. So. Oh, sorry, sorry, I was just talking away there with mute on. So ah. <laughs> Fire away, man. Uh, yeah, they, they call it pivo in 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 Serbia, and their their um, their famous beer is called um, nectar, but they use the Cyrillic alphabet, which is really weird. So it looks like hekwop. Okay. <laughs> everywhere you go, there's signs for hekwop. Well, everywhere I go, there's signs for hekwop. <laughs> so that's the one to look out for, because the uh, the beer they had in uh, Croatia last year was. Very good, the one that you can just buy, kind of buy anywhere. It's pretty tasty for you know four corner or whatever it was. They've got a sponsor this year, haven't they? They've got a brewery sponsoring it. This is news to me, and this is excellent news. Yeah, well, I was uh, I noted that's part of the website. Incredible. Yeah, apparently crates of it. They're basically lying around. Oh, some warm beer can't beat it. Can they work it? Did you? Did you boys go to the WTC? No. Uh, no, but um, it did. A free beer, didn't it? They did, yeah. How much beer did you drink? Oh, that's, that's tempting, that is. That's, that's dangerous. Isn't oh, it? That's, that's, that's got problem written all over it. Yeah. <laughs> Although, what are we going to do, Kev, if we start seeing them getting sore stuff and we're not happy with it? Are we going to slap it out of their hand? <laughs> uh, I think we'll have to, won't we, really? Yeah, but then Kev's going to come over and then I'm going to offer him a beer and then 
It's going to be two versus one. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, Kevin and I have been practicing our takedowns, though. Um, oh, shit. I'm going low. Kev goes high. <laughs> <laughs> Matt just gets <laughs> Serbian flashbacks and kills her own. <laughs> I feel mean if I tell him off for drinking because I'm terrible at it. Normally, game three on a Saturday, I very rarely remember them games. <laughs> I'm too far gone by that point. So yeah. uh, They're the ones yeah. who win that. No, not for me, It's worse in the morning on a Sunday when like your opponent's just dying on their ass, so long <laughs> over, and you're all right. And you're like, I'm going to fucking smash them. They don't know what's coming. And they beat the shit out of you. And you're like, oh, my God. He couldn't even keep his eyes open. He still beat me. <laughs> you know what? I think I may have just figured out why Deej likes to play defensive dwarfless. Just sit there and all good gun stuff. <laughs> just, yeah, just facility. I mean, so, oh, just another beer. Roll some dice. Oh, look, you're dead. Have another beer. <laughs> oh, you're dead again. Fuck, I missed a trick there. Maybe dwarves aren't that bad. Take that back. Yeah, I do already. I feel dirty. <laughs> I guess... Just to say fuck dwarves. <laughs> We've got to say it at least once an episode, right? <laughs> it's the counteract that statement. So just to wrap up, um, what are we thinking in terms of uh, team placement? What do we think? So there's 36 teams going. Where do we think we're going to end up? Somewhere oh, in the middle of the pack again. Uh, top quartile, mate. Top quartile. So is the first cast of the team very confidently. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I think we can. I think we're going to give. I think we're going to give uh, give quite a lot, lot of teams a, a bit of a shock. Um, and uh, we've got some interesting lists. I, I'm much more confident having looked at the the lists that have come out. I really think there's some boring lists there that are just there to point and deny. Yeah. And I think they're going to struggle with, with, with um, decent rush lists. I really do. Love your optimism, Matt. Best yeah, home right. nation. That's what this I is want. totally the pep to pep talk that I'll need to be <laughs> off. It's okay, Paul. It's okay. <laughs> Have another drink. <laughs> no, your dice will be like triple ones and random moves. Oh, like, like, oh, shit. Don't even joke. This ain't going well. So, Kev, you're saying middle of the pack. Matt, you're being very optimistic. Top core. Paul. I think best home nation as well. I'm going for best that. Best home nation. Oh, that's going to be... Ireland and England are looking very tight this year. Yeah, at least not, it's not bottom home nation then. Okay, right. It'll be us and Wales duking out for that one. <laughs> <laughs> who's uh, who's going to come last? What about this UN team? They, uh, they've been cobbled together at the last minute. They looked pretty average, didn't they? Their lists were pretty fruity. Yeah, I'd... I'd I mean, the UN team last year actually did all right, but I think they did all right because they were mostly Team Portugal, but Team Portugal had to pull out because they, they lost guys, so they had to get a couple of guys in late in the day. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they do, actually, because I imagine they're kind of introducing themselves now, but um, that'll be a team of guys that have never played with each other before. So that'll, be, that'll actually be really cool. I hope they do well. Not as well as us, obviously, but... Are they allowed to podium? Um, I believe so. Oh, good. They can't win it, though, can they? Presuming that they do. I'm actually very not sure what the um, protocol for that is. You, you almost, if they got into that position, you'd almost root for them, right? That's oh, like yeah. the ultimate underdog. <laughs> yeah. Imagine them playing Poland in the final. That'd be awesome. I oh, know they're playing Scotland in the final, mate. Come on, keep the optimism oh, yeah. up. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, then we can't root for them. <laughs> no, we can. We can. We're very easily bribable, remember? So it'll be fine. <laughs> Second and a beer. Yeah. There we go. Sorry. Awesome. 
Well, I guess um, the big thing we've got to tell everyone is to keep their eyes on Twitter because um, Paul and I will be taking over the uh, Scottish Islands Twitter with Gits on Tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're hoping to fire out quite a lot of content via that. Um, thinking lots of photos, uh, maybe a few videos and things like that. Definitely do more. Some maybe organised content as well. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be cool. And both Matt and uh, Kev are very prolific on the Twitter themselves. So uh, if you guys want to shout out your Twitter handles, because I'm sure folk will appreciate following that to get up to date on ETC shenanigans. I'm uh, at Axel Vicious, and I'll certainly be tweeting a lot, posting lots of pictures and whatnot. Um, okay. I'm at Matt Paris, M-A-T-T-P-E-R-R-I-S-S. Can I plug another podcast, Andrew? Of course. Oh, Yeah, go on. I don't care. I've been asked to do a little bit of roving stuff for the Fantasy Gaming Wargaming podcast down Milton Keynes Way. So I might do a bit of dialing from them as well, because uh, they're, they're sick to they're sick to the, the gunnels with jealousy that I'm going. So, uh, yeah. so let me get this straight, right? So Paul and Tony got you to come on this podcast to plug their podcast. Is that what's happened just there? No, they, they don't know I'm on this podcast. Oh, okay. Fuck, Is that the party line? Right. <laughs> 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 now that'd be cool. Um, and if you do have any questions or you want to see something particular, as long as it's not genitalia, because um, I don't think Twitter allows to post yeah, that. No dick pics. No dick pics. Well, we'll wait and see. Things might get free. Um, <laughs> you can send us uh, a message on Twitter. Uh, you can get us on the forum. Paul is Space Goblin. I am Lost Cause. Uh, you can get us on the uh, email, which is scotchviolence at gmail.com. And uh, the only thing that's left to do is thank Kevin Matt for coming on and most of all being uh, our coaches this year. Yeah, thanks guys for coming on. It was good. No problem. Can't wait. Very excited. The hype is real. The hype is real. (laughs) And uh, we'll have a a post-ETC show uh, coming out once we get back. Um, But this will be us until after ETC. So uh, just keep your eyes peeled on the Twitterverse and uh, we will catch you in the next one. Yeah, take it easy guys. See you then. Bye!